you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Hello, good evening, Kaleo. I am so grateful to be with you all tonight. My name's Emma Soner. As Aaron said, thank you so much for those kind words, Aaron. And I've been a part of this beautiful community at Kaleo for two years now, almost to the date. Um, and if I haven't met you yet, please um, come meet me after. I would love, love, love to meet you. Um, and thank you so much to all the support um, and my friends and family. Thank you for coming out to support me and um, listen to me. Uh, tonight it really means a lot and it actually ties into the listening theme of what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, so this space at Kaleo and the people in it have always encouraged me to engage with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit in new ways. And one of those ways has had a large impact on me and is a practice that I like to call interpretive scripture storytelling, although it is more commonly known as Lectio Divina. The Holy Spirit is present here with us, and I want to invite you to experience what they might have for us in this passage in Luke 10 before we dive into it. If you would, settle into a restful position and close your eyes. Imagine yourself surrounded by a village. In front of you is a house. As you approach, voices are murmuring. Opening the door, right in the first room, is Jesus himself. And he is the one talking and teaching. Imagine what he looks like, what he sounds like, the presence he exudes into the room. What is his body language as he speaks? There are other people in the room as well. Two women, one at the feet of Jesus, intently listening as he speaks, and the other wandering in and out as she prepares for the day ahead. As the one woman listens to Jesus, the other enters the room again and says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus pauses to address her. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus returns to Mary, engaging in conversation with her. Join Martha for a moment as the host of such a treasured friend that is Jesus. How does she respond? Join Mary for a moment at the feet of Jesus. How does she engage with Jesus? What questions do you have after what you've seen? How are the two women engaging with Jesus? What do you notice Jesus doing? Allow it to sit for a moment and breathe.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the leadership of Chris and Aaron here at Kaleo. Thank you for the community that fills this room today. Thank you for the ways that you intricately work in each of our lives. Thank you for each person in this room. Thank you for their story. Thank you for the ways that you have brought us together tonight. And thank you for the opportunity that I have to share with this beautiful community that means so much to me tonight. And I just pray that you are here with us and that you engage with us tonight as we look at the story of Martha and Mary and a couple of others. And I just pray that you would be the one that would speak through me and that anything that I have to say would just fall flat on the floor. And what you have to say is what resonates with us tonight. We love you and we thank you for this space. Amen. So thank you so much for participating in that with me. Now I'll read the passage that addresses Luke 10, 38 through 42, also known as the story of Jesus and Martha and Mary, um, in its entirety. So starting in verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So, a little bit of background on this passage. This story shows up almost halfway through Luke's gospel, which is one of the stories written about Jesus right in the middle. And um, the story um, is also where Luke has walked us through a lot of Jesus's ministry already. Although I will note that I don't think that Luke aims for his gospel to be chronological. Um, he does organize his stories for a reason, and we'll get to other parts of Luke 10 in a little bit. God is looking for partners and bringing his kingdom ever since the beginning of the Bible in the creation story. And Jesus enters in as the one proclaiming to not only be that partner, but also the son of God and the Messiah, the one to restore the kingdom of God as the one promised in all of the previous narratives, from Abraham all the way through the judges, kings, and prophets. God's people have collectively endured the Exodus story through exile and re-entry into Israel, only to find them th themselves now, in this story, under the oppressive empire that is Rome. And we'll get to that a little bit later. As I was reading this particular story about Martha and Mary, it began to feel much more than Jesus saying, Mary is right, Martha is wrong, and that we shouldn't become distracted and worried so much that it takes us away from the most important thing that is Jesus himself. Although I don't disagree with this interpretation, I began to see Jesus's invitation to Martha and to Mary as something much deeper than a lesson on priorities. I started thinking about how we aren't actually given a response to what Martha did next. Does she brush Jesus off and continue with her preparations? 
Does she realize there's a truth to what he says and join her sister at the feet of Jesus? Does she do a combination of both or maybe even neither? We don't know. Then I started thinking about Jesus and Mary. As a rabbi, Jesus is often seen engaging with his disciples and others as he is teaching. He asked questions. He healed people and even raised them from the dead. He spoke in parables that would have left his disciples talking about the deeper meaning in the Old Testament for hours and maybe even days. To Jesus, I'm not sure Mary was much different than his disciples. She may even have been one of them. Others of Jesus' disciples could have been in the room as they were talking. This too, we don't know. However, I started to imagine the scene as if Jesus was asking Mary questions and Mary was answering and maybe even asking some of her own. I don't know about you all, but if I had Jesus sitting in front of me, I would definitely have some questions for him. I even ask the Holy Spirit a lot of questions right now, <laughs> and I don't have a God-in-the-flesh Jesus able to speak back answers or more likely parables to me. Interesting. So now imagine with me, maybe Mary was engaging in a conversation with Jesus. Back to Martha. Perhaps Martha was a multitasker and was listening to Jesus and Mary's conversation as she was making her preparations. She was maybe wandering from room to room, getting bits and pieces, or maybe she was even in the same room. This next part I can relate to so much it's not even funny. Martha walks into the room and is like, Jesus, please tell my sister that she needs to get off her butt and start helping me right now. I can just imagine her being like, I can listen to you and serve you, and so can she. <laughs> but Jesus calls her to rest and to trust that her sister has chosen to be present with him, just as he has chosen to be present with her. Y'all, this goes all the way back to Genesis 1, and it's so, so good. Genesis, Jesus being present with a woman and listening to her as she listens closely to him. What a beautiful picture, but also an extremely inconceivable one during the times of Jesus. Perhaps in this invitation to rest and to listen to Jesus, Jesus is also inviting Martha to listen to her sister as well. Let's take a look back into the story where Jesus is sending out his 72 disciples at the beginning of Luke 10. So the story of Martha and Mary is at the end of Luke 10. This is just a couple stories earlier. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples as he's encouraging, but also warning them as they're about to go into the work of Jesus. This is in verse 16. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Right after this passage, and right before we meet Martha and Mary, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. There is something interesting about Jesus telling this parable that I think ties into Jesus inviting us to listen to him and to Mary, and perhaps to the Samaritans. The parable of the Good Samaritan starts in verse 25 of Luke 10, and it goes like this. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So I heard a teaching on this parable of the Good Samaritan that has since changed my perspective on it. There is a Jewish literary device in which they would tell stories using triads. In this case, it was the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. This particular story Jesus told would have followed the pattern of a priest, a Levite, and a Jew. The Jew in the story would always be the last and would teach the moral of the story. However, as usual, Jesus takes it a step further. He replaces the Jew in the story with a Samaritan, which was a group absolutely hated by the Jews, shocking the listeners of the story that would have been expecting to hear Jew. This kingdom of God in Jesus is for the Samaritans. It is for women, and it is for all. By replacing the Jew with the Samaritan in the parable, Jesus is digging deeper. He is saying that it is the people the Jews hate the most that are doing the kingdom work of God. What if they joined them in their villages and started bringing the kingdom of God to them as they weren't allowed to worship in Jerusalem? What if they listened to their stories and saw their humanity? There's an important phrase that I have taken from Howard Thurman's incredible work, Jesus and the Disinherited, that some of us are actually reading together here at Kaleo. The phrase is the disinherited as the people with their backs pressed against the wall the dispossessed, and the dehumanized. During the times of Jesus, there were many people with their backs pressed against the wall. In fact, it was even the Jewish people under the harsh oppression of the Roman Empire, as I mentioned earlier. But I see Jesus posing an important question. Who are the people of God if they continue to participate in systems of power and oppression, even if they themselves are being inflicted by them? What do the disinherited people look like today who are on the margins of society? I'll tell you who some of them are, and I hope to continually expand this list as I learn. Black indigenous people of color, Hispanic communities, 
immigrants, people identifying as LGBTQ+, people with disabilities, the community of people without homes, people imprisoned, children and young adults in foster care, in some ways still women, especially women of color, women and children in prostitution, women and children abused in sex trafficking, and the list goes on. So where is Jesus in this fight to break the systems that kept empire and supremacy afloat? He is with the disinherited people. He himself is disinherited. He joins them with his back against the wall and he calls us to do the same. He tells us that this is what love looks like. He tells us that this is the kingdom of God and he calls us to listen to him and to listen to them. And maybe, just maybe, if we can step away from our distractions and listen to them and actually sit at the table with them, we will hear Jesus speaking back. What are the stories that our community needs to listen to? I'm going to invite us into the Mary and Martha passage one more time as I skipped around a little bit. In verse 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Mary was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So join Martha again. What is the invitation that Jesus is extending toward us? And join Mary again. What questions do you have for Jesus as he engages with you? And what does he have to say? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you so much again for the opportunity to share with my friends and my family here at Kaleo. I pray that you are engaging with us, that you are speaking to us, that you are calling us to engage in justice, engage with the people and the stories that we haven't heard yet. I pray that we would hear you speaking that you would hear you speaking through others, through each other, through our community, through the places where we meet people at tables, where we share food together. I pray that you would be present there with us, speaking as well. And I thank you, and I love you, and I pray that you would embody yourself here at Kaleo. We love you. Amen. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.